now, our scientists speculate that a multiverse filled with infinite possibilities lies just beyond our grasp. Welcome to the Multiversal News. My name is Greg Lineweber, and I will be your host. And we will discuss what is fact, fiction, and theory. That which is not real in our universe might very well be real in another. Join us and let the reality of your world be real for us, too. We have some exciting uh, people to interview. Welcome to the Multiversal News. Here we are again for another exciting interview, and this time with the makers of a movie called Time Travel Zero. Now, this is the kind of movie that inspires the imagination, the kind of movie that uh, creates many, many questions and makes you wonder, is it real or what's real? It's a very well-done movie. It's uh, extremely well done, and we're going to be talking to the producer and the director here today on the Multiversal News. Um, sitting in here today in the studio is uh, Jeremiah Kaner, uh, the producer, one of the producers. And uh, on Skype, we're going to have uh, Scott Norwood, who's the director uh, of the movie. Um, first of all, let's uh, go ahead and get into some of the questions. Uh, Jeremiah, it's, it's very good to have you here today. Good to be here. Oh. Uh, my very first question is, Is uh, are you a time traveler? <laughs> uh, no, I don't feel that I am, but um, I start to uh, question a lot of things, like a lot of capabilities that people might have of being able to move back and forth in time through through different ways, through dreams, through, through uh, just being in the moment and everything. A lot of people believe that everything's happening all at one time, yeah. at, at simultaneously that there is no past, there is no future, it's all right now. So the more I learn, the more I question yeah. if we're not all time travelers. Well, essentially we are. We go slightly and very slowly forward in time. And yep. of course time can uh, pass at different rates of speed, as Einstein has proven, uh, depending on uh, how close we are to solid objects and how fast we're going. But uh, here's a follow-up question for you. Uh, you could be one and just be covering for yourself just to remain a low key, uh, why should I believe that you are not, in fact, a time traveler that goes back and forth in time? Um, how uh, how could I ever prove to you that I was and wasn't a time traveler? Basically, you'd have to be, you'd have to witness the future to to come to your own conclusion well, to prove it. Okay, well, you got me there. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Fair enough. Well, okay, I got another question for you. I believe that humans could be taught to get along with each other without all the wars such as World War II or World War III. Uh, what do you think? Is it, do we have to have wars for us to learn to evolve here on, uh, on planet Earth to be more peaceful? I don't honestly think we have to have wars. Um, I think the lessons that we've learned from wars are, are monumental. And honestly, if we were to uh, redo things with the site that we have now it would be completely different um but yeah. truthfully i think the way human uh the humanity is going um there is going to 
there's basically a shift of consciousness that, that is inevitable. Um, and possibly in the past we haven't, we haven't been to that point yet. So it's, it's been so far out of reach that war was something that we had to have to, to move us forward and closer to this, this conscious shift of, of basically coming together as one human race and, and one consciousness. Oh, I certainly hope so. Uh, we can do without millions and billions of people dying. I'm, I'm dead set against war in general. Um, I, I hope so, too. Um, do you believe that the Third World War is inevitable? Um, I don't. I actually hope, hope so much that uh, it's something that we could avoid. Um, it's it's people like uh, like John Titter in the movie that the and um, in real life it's it's people like that that I think open open the the eyes to humanity to make a change possibly in any little amount of change that could change the timeline for a positive and any positive change that we make is always yeah. one step further away from a war or or any catastrophe. I agree. We could all take little tiny steps to to uh, reduce tension around the world. Smile a little bit, everyone. Go go out and be nice to your neighbor. You might that might be the tipping point to avoid World War Three. Like John Titter said, it starts with the person in the mirror every day. Wow. Not pointing the finger at people, but it starts with you every day. Wow, boy, that's that makes it almost worth having a time machine. Oh, definitely. Okay, um, I've got a, a, a couple of questions for Scott. Can we uh, bring Scott up on Skype? How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Great, uh, Scott. How are you doing over there? I'm doing just fine. Wonderful joy. This is the first time we've done this on the, on our show. Is to, is the interview through Skype? I'm I'm really excited about this. <laughs> Here's my first question. Uh, when did you first become aware of John Titter? Uh, when I uh, got a call from the person who came up with the idea to uh, put this together, I, I did a little research myself and um, read some of his posts, saw what he had uh, predicted, and um, it got me interested. It got me interested. And then when he he gave me the documentary idea of how we need to shoot it and everything, I, I had a pretty good idea how to put it together. but. But yeah, the John Titter, that was I hadn't heard of him before that. And I'm pretty much on top of, you know, pop culture and the fact that I hadn't heard of him kinda of shocked me. So I wanted to a little do a little bit more research and find out a little bit more little bit more about him. And do I found out more and more about him throughout the process of making this thing. So he's he's somebody you'll Well, we're having a little bit of a, a fee, of a feed problem, but uh, most of it's coming through. Uh, Scott, when was the the day you d- you decided I'm going to make this movie? Probably three days before we actually made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm a quick mover. That's that's called getting to work fast. That's exactly. Uh, well, you- oh. when I right before I. Uh, when I was making this film, I was running Fast Track Productions, and that was my main predicament. The Fast Track ran into the, we can put it together fast and good and make it work, and so far that's all we've done. Great. 
Well, I, I've got another uh, uh, another question here. Um, do you believe uh, completely in the truth of John Titter? Um. Well, you can't deny the fact that there was somebody writing all this stuff down in chat rooms, and the person who was doing that was pretty knowledgeable on quantum physics, um, the, the, the elements that would cause you to make time travel or understand time travel. There's quite a few things in there he said that I didn't recognize. Um, but the stuff he was saying, his overall message is what locked me in, and that we must we got to get rid of the racism. We've got to get rid of the religious persecution. Um, things that will inevitably cause the possible third world war that we don't want to cause if we don't have to. So I believe in more of the idea of John Titter. But it's a very thin line because somebody was there saying this stuff and it was pretty right on. So here's another follow-up question is uh, well why didn't John Titter come back and say stop World War two instead of World War three um I guess if I was gonna speculate maybe because he wasn't alive at World War so that didn't directly affect him uh, which would make it kind of a selfish decision to just save him his family that he knew and so I it's another one of those fine lines <laughs> Well, that would tend to make sense. That's actually that's a very good, thoughtful answer. Uh, I've got. Uh, I'd like to, to discuss black holes now a little bit and, and some of the uh, scientific stuff. Scott, feel free to join in. Um, sure. Uh, Jeremiah, I was I was more interested in in aiming these questions towards you. It looks like uh, uh, this is a quote from from uh, John Titter, and he said that the mass and gravitational field of a micro singularity can uh, be manipulated by injecting electrons into its surface by rotating two electric uh, micro-singularities at high speed. It is possible to create and modify a local gravity sinusoid that replicates the effects of a Kerr black hole. Now, I, I'm not going to pretend that I understand all of this stuff, but uh, it sounds like he's making a sort of a donut hole of a... Uh, of, uh, of, 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 a, of a black hole rather than just the singularity and uh, that, that creates all sorts of in, interesting things it looks like John uh, has an intriguing idea here if anything can warp time it's a black hole it sounds like he knows what he's talking about uh, but could he be just a good guesser well let me ask you uh, you know the organization it's a European organization for nuclear research um, they're one of the largest and most respected uh, scientific researchers and in 2008 um, they basically built a, a proton to proton collider yeah um, and this isn't remember this is in 2008 that they're planning on turning this thing on and everything and or that they were going to run this and creating small black holes and now. yeah a lot of the scientists and um, researchers felt that the the outcome of this was going to be uh, a small black hole, or what John Titter was ta yeah. talking about, uh, micro, was it micro Singularity, singularities? Yeah. A lot of people got freaked out about they, that. They did. They panicked <laughs> and, and everything. And honestly, to back in 2000, to guess that in eight years um, the technology was going to be around to do this, and especially to be able to, to know or have the foresight of, of such a massive leap in technology. Um, to be able to hit that right on the head is is like a, a one in a million chance to be able to 
speak out and say, this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to be looking at. This is where science is going to go. And, and to have that happen eight years later after you vanished is really almost an impossible feat. Not yeah. to mention the, the fact that he was also able to foretell or the, the whole issue in 2009 with um, North Korea and Iran and, and the U.S. and their whole, their whole nuclear struggle of, of who gets nuclear rights. Yeah. Um, he foretold that, too. And lo and behold, nine years later, it happened. And yeah. So there's a lot of things that he was, he was saying that if you think of, of it as a guessing standpoint, um, it's, it's just it's too out of, out, out of the box. Yeah. It just doesn't work if you're just guessing at it. Well, it's the, 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 having trouble with Iran and North Korea, I mean, Bill Clinton even had trouble with, with those guys. So that's, that's, that doesn't seem too impossible to me personally. But the black hole singularities, the sinusoid, I mean, the guys obviously has to have studied physics. Oh, he, he, he would have had to. And, and to be able to nail it right on the head like that. Yeah. And, and then have it come true. I mean, I'm impressed. Very to, impressive, to say the least. Okay, well, um, uh, well, now here's another question I have for you. Um, doesn't going back in time violate the laws of entropy? <laughs> um, actually, yes and no, and maybe and probably not. <laughs> the, uh, entropy yeah. is uh, the property that they measure, the the, the second um, law of thermodynamics. Uh-huh. And um, i.e. the observation of of natural decay. So basically, if you're traveling through time, then um, then there's going to be a decay or aging of of the object that travels forward in time. But the only problem with that is the law. The second law of thermodynamics is actually uh, understood by all physician or um, uh, uh, scientists as a uh, Statistical law, and it's not an absolute one. So, technically, it's not impossible because it's. I mean, being a not a non-absolute law doesn't mean that uh, that there it isn't outside the realm of possibility. So you can't really say that that entropy goes against the law because nobody really knows. Yeah, it's true. But it was kind of a trick question. I hope you'll forgive me. So, uh, yeah, entropy is a statistical. Uh, 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 a device, so to speak, it's, it's statistically true, but not always true. And yep. it's and and well, in fact, you know, like uh, statistically speaking, in some of the universes uh, that are like this one, I didn't ask that question. It says I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or you asked well, it a thousand different times, different uh, ways. It, yes, it's quite quite true. Uh, there's uh, many many multiple universes out there, and many multiple universes where I'm interviewing people. Uh, like you, uh, perhaps maybe the uh, the movie was called something different, or we're wearing something different. Maybe you were interviewing John Titter himself. Yeah, perhaps so. That would be an interesting interview. Scott, I have a question for you. Um, John believes, as I do, that we exist in supersymmetry. That is, everything that could happen has happened somewhere in some other universe. And if this is true, then altering the past serves no real beneficial purpose other than to create more alternate timelines. It would, however, serve a great purpose if there was a limited number of timelines. Are there a limited number of timelines? 
Um, sure. Why not? And if there's a limited, I would say it's number five. So you've got to you got to keep at least one of them on the straight and narrow. If you had too many of them, you wouldn't have to work so you wouldn't be so worried about them. It'd have to be a low number. Well, that's a good question. And um, mm-hmm. the the truth is, we don't know. I mean, uh, who, no. who can say? <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, here's a question for both of you. Um, if uh, either one of you could go back in time to warn people of some mistake, would you? And how big of a mistake would it have to be to warrant going back in time to, to warn people? Scott, you want to start that No, off? I probably would just leave the past the way it is because everything that I didn't like in my past, I still learned something from it and I carried it on to the future and I believe that is a necessary part of life. I, I, I tend to, I, I agree with that. I, I feel that same way about myself, too. How about you, uh, Jeremiah? Um, I, can, I kind of agree with Scott. I like the, the way my past is my past, and um, it made me who I am today. And if there is anything, anything devastating, warranting going back in time to try to change, I, 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 think, I think maybe John Titter's... Uh, reason for coming back at a World War III. I mean, he speaks about the the World War destroying two-thirds of the world's population and in the surrounding countries that are involved. He said that uh, for every person that survives, nine people are buried. Yeah. I, I think something that substantial would be warranted coming back and trying to alter the timeline. Wow. So, But I, besides that, I don't... I think everything's fine with my that life. That sounds way, way more worse than uh, World War Two. World War Two is uh, wasn't nearly that devastating, if that's the case. Um, all right. Um, well, um, actually, I, uh, as you guys uh, might not or know right now, but I do uh, actually have a, a job. I do work for the government. I uh, announce news for the multiverse. Um, the government, uh, the U.S. government has a project called Project Zero in which they don't go back in time. They're not able to do that, but they are able to go to alternate universes. Therefore, I'm able to talk to alternate me's and uh, other alternate universes to see what's going on. And uh, I do have a special uh, message to, that I'm, I'm picking up uh, an alternate universe, which is uh, universe 123487. Now, in past months, we thought this universe had been completely destroyed, but it turns out it has survived. Uh, can you bring uh, the alternate me up there, Darren? Okay. Uh, well, at any rate, uh, the government uh, did hire me to, to hold this uh, most important prestigious position of uh, informing the other alternate universes of uh, different uh, news that's been going on. And, well, here I am. I've... I've uh, this is kind of freaky, but uh, let's let's go to universe one, two, three, four, eight, seven. You got it, Darren? Okay. We're here on planet Earth, and uh, just about everybody's involved. The uh, whole human population has been pretty much decimated. There's very few of us left. Yeah. Sorry to hear about that. Uh, uh, well, we're doing the best we can. Well, so how did well, that happen? Uh, 
After George Bush's uh, re-election to his third term in office... George Bush? Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, the, basically, the Supreme Court uh, repealed the 22nd Amendment because they said it was unconstitutional. Well, it's in the Constitution. Yeah, yeah I know. You can't say it's, it's not constitutional. It's in the, yeah, I, I know, but, but they did it anyway. So George Bush won another term in office, even though oh, it was wildly is, unpopular. This is obscene. I think, uh, he was behind about 20 points in the polls when the election occurred, but somehow he magically won. Uh -huh. okay. Then after that, well, he attacked Iran uh, earlier this year and uh, blew up a bunch of stuff. That sounds Iran awful. retaliated by having a little small uh, nuclear bomb they borrowed from the Russians, and they put it in a weather balloon. They floated it out over the Gulf, of, the, the Persian Gulf, and blammo! Totally destroyed uh, uh, three of our aircraft carriers, a whole bunch of destroyers and cruisers. Oh, jeez. Needless to say, George Bush used that as a pretext uh, for a nuclear assault on Iran. And then uh, Pakistan uh, responded against us, and Russia and China responded against us, and we responded against them, and Europe got involved somehow, and then uh, oh, boy. after we uh, blew each other up with a bunch of nukes, the United States was worried that Brazil would. Uh, would recover quicker than us, so they blew up Brazil and Argentina and a bunch of other countries, and oh, this is, this a bunch is, of countries in this is Africa awful. subsequently got hit too by the other missiles from Russia and China, and we were just, there's not very much left. Oh my God. We're almost all dead now. I feel for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this had to happen. Are you going well, to rebuild? Well, we're trying to rebuild, but uh, not many of us are very much interested in trying to do anything right now rather than just survive. I mean... I understand. I've, I'm dying of radiation poisoning and oh. so is most everybody else here. I'm sorry to hear the that. The problem is, Greg, we had no one to warn us. Why didn't someone come back in time to warn us? Well... We, we wanted so much not to have this happen, but there wasn't really much we could do about it. It all just kind of... We tried. I mean, I voted against George Bush for what a little good it did. I'm sorry to hear that. Who do you got over there? Well, uh, we got Barack Obama. Obama huh? Uh, no, he's our president. Never heard of the guy over here. Uh, basically, I think he's the president of Kenya or something. <laughs> wow. Okay. What a Anyhow, uh, we're just going to try to hang in there. Uh, did you have Hillary Clinton? See you later. Oh, by the way, yeah, we do have to go. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Uh, that sounds very tragic. Uh, this, that's really simply awful, what happened to the Earth and Universe 123487. Um, yeah, you got any thoughts on this? Uh, what do you think they did wrong over there? They didn't get a copy of Time Travel Zero? Yeah, okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, John Teeter in that universe... Uh, didn't go back in time, and he didn't uh, try to persuade people not to go to war. Well, I, I do have some more questions for you guys, and so I'll, I'll let's continue the interview. Um, why don't we talk about the movie? <laughs> we, we do have some questions from the That's chat room. That's my favorite subject. Too. Well, yeah, let's prick out a few questions from the chat room. What do you got over there, Darren? Well, we have somebody in the chat room right now, and this question is directed for Scott. And the first question is, is what do they think about the war that John talked about with North Korea? 
Yes. Did they want to know what I thought about the war? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I thought it was extremely ironic that he picked out. I mean, if he's just somebody making stuff up and and he's got a hoax going on, he chooses North Korea and Iran, and then that's who ends up being who we're having nuclear issues with right now. Um, I'd say that's beyond a coincidence because they they weren't a an issue until what was like two thousand six ish. I'm not exactly positive on the history of that, but John Titter was saying this back in 2000, way before it happened. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, well, I have I, I definitely have some more questions. Do we have any more questions from the chat room? The what? The Larry Habbard connection. The Larry Habbard connection. What 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 is the Larry Habbard connection? Larry Habbard is the uh, John Titter family attorney. Oh, I'm glad if, um, our audience is paying attention. Good good job, audience. Good, it, it, good questions. It's interesting with um, so with John Titter, there is actually a, a, a John Titter boy that is the right age to be the time traveler that uh-huh. came and was around in 2000. He claimed that he stayed with his family and uh, that his family accepted him in because uh, he knew quite a bit about the family that nobody else really could have known except for their yeah. son. Yeah. And um, they were just happy to see that he was safe after hearing about the war and everything. And yeah. So, I mean, it's it's in our timeline, even his his story is, is kind of airtight. Wow. I wonder if he's watching the show right now. Hi, John. Come visit sometime. I'd love to interview you. Okay, probably not. They may be protecting him. Maybe we wouldn't, wouldn't want to create a time paradox. Now, maybe I should ask some questions about the movie. Um, all right. Uh, here's some questions that, that I should have been asking all along since we're here interviewing about the movie. Um, did uh, Scott, did you take poetic license in developing the script? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, there was some interviews I felt that needed to be set up. Um, other interviews that I didn't think were necessary in getting towards the final resolution of, is John Titter real? We want to talk to him. Can you prove time travel is possible? Those types of things. So, yeah, I, I definitely took part of justice in, on the spot and then later in editing, too. Okay, there's a question for both of you. Now, this is a question I think is, is significant. Do you think that this film will affect the, the, the future of our, our world line? Do you think this is going to have an effect on, on geopolitics, perhaps? Um, I think if it affects one person, it did its job. Wow, okay. And I can, I can say it's already affected a few people that have watched it in pre-screeners and um, some of the film festivals. The reaction I've had to it's been amazing, from ranging from 11-year-old girls to... 68-year-old year old men. It's a broad range of people that, that have been affected by it already. Has, has it affected Pamela? I actually, it caused Pamela to contact me, and um, she wanted to ask me a few questions about our process of filming it. She was a very nice lady, very sweet. Um, I, I even asked to do an interview with her, and she politely declined. Um, she had had a bad interview experience with, um, we'll just say, a well-known paranormal radio station group. <laughs> um, 
she didn't want to be any more interviews. Uh, she she told me that she had seen government-looking vehicles outside of her house for quite a while, parked in different areas. Um, she had some strange experiences with the um, meeting of John Titter, but it seems that a lot of people that have claimed to meet him or talk to him have had some very strange experiences to um, tell me about. <laughs> They've come out of the woodwork. How about you, uh, Jeremiah? What do you think about the effect on the world line? Uh, I, I actually agree with Scott. Um, we have, since the beginning, uh, when we realized the actual potential that this movie had um, and, and the story that John Titter was, was kind of trying to get people to open their eyes to, we all agreed that like if, if this just changed one person uh, for the better, then then we did our job and and like Scott said, we've there's been quite a few people that have come forward and and just in recent times when you saw the the film in um in the last uh, film festival, we had a someone that came forward to us and said that that this film he's never been been so um, moved or or motivated by a film in his entire life and he was he was so excited. And uh, it was great. And that night, I just, I was just smiling to myself, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I felt like we actually, we actually did it. We, if, if we could actually go on and, and be happy with what we have done, because it actually has affected someone. Well, I think there's, uh, that uh, this film was probably cast John in a, a favorable light, and I'd, I'd be asking you about that. Do you think he would approve of this uh, right now? I definitely. I think mean, the so. future John Titter. The future John Titter. I I definitely think so because. Uh, I think he would approve of it. I I think he would only be angry that we maybe have left some important message out or didn't cover one of the bases as thoroughly as we covered some of the other bases. But yeah, I think he'd be approved of it. Yeah. Well, that, oh, man, it just kind of makes me wonder if maybe perhaps he may have uh, maybe watching it. Um, all right, now here's a, a question for you, Scott. Uh, at the end of the movie, the film just suddenly, uh, well, actually, it's not the end of the film. It's, it's somewhere in the film that the, uh, the film just suddenly stops and we're not able to see the, uh, uh, some of the, uh, the, the van uh, bend time and space to exit the world line. Uh, is there any reason why that we couldn't have seen that? Um, electromagnetic pulse. Oh, yeah. We immediately destroy a video. I, okay, yeah, I get the Chris, picture. Chris McCarthy um, spoke of that. She said that uh, she wished she could have shown us everything that had happened. But um, unfortunately, the, the EMP from, from the machine destroyed every component in their cameras. So mm -hmm. it, it, did, it did make sense. I mean, it happened right when it should have happened. So. Okay, that's an, that's an interesting aspect of the, of the movie. Uh, here's a question for both of you. Now, what part of making the movie did you learn the most from? I'll start with you, uh, uh, Jeremiah. What? Um, honestly, I, I've learned more about um, about just being on a, a more spiritual path. Um, honestly, the effect that it's had on on like Alder Sherwood, um, my wife, and uh, another producer. Um, is just been very dramatic and as far as propelling her into another a whole nother category of of bettering her life and it's also it's also made me kind of open up to to the possibilities of what I can do to become a better person 
in the world. And, and it's amazing because you, you see something that uh, with John Titter in, in this movie is basically was a, felt like a, a door that opened up to a whole nother world of, world of possibilities. And so you have to understand that it was the beginning effect on us. Wow. How about you, Scott? Um, I would say the post-production was probably the most um, part of the film that I learned the most from, just in the popularity of it, um, different things that I had to overcome and on the business side of filmmaking and overcoming certain obstacles, learning around which trees to run around and which trees to chop down, um, and the spiritual path that it, it went along with also of overcoming all of these things and, and facing those obstacles, getting right around them or over them, and just keeping on running all the way from filming it to international distribution, which is where we're at today. Wow. Okay, uh, I have a, some other questions for you, Scott. What aspect of the production do you wish you could have done differently? Um, I wish I probably could have. I wish I knew a little bit more about John Titter. Maybe, maybe you knew more about his audience, which I didn't. His fans, which I, I would call them, I guess. That um, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of um, answers out there, but we. We had a very short time to do this, and again, with the obstacles that we had to overcome, um, I think we did a very good job of putting an interesting story together and, and telling you about John Titter and, and letting you follow Chris McCarthy on her route to try and meet with John Titter and, and find the truth. Um, but shooting it so quickly would probably be the one thing that I would change because usually need more time to sit back and realize the story but at the same time the story just kind of came back together itself so shooting it in a longer term may have made it less of a less fun of a movie to watch so I guess I guess going back in time don't change nothing I'll stick with that theory <laughs> uh, well speaking of fans do we have any more fan questions coming in right now not right this second there's some new people in the chat room but um, okay. we're working on it I was wondering uh where are we at with questions? Do you want to take a look well, at the I've, trailer of the film? or? Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we kick out a few trailers? Uh, I, I've got plenty of questions left, and I certainly want to get to them, Scott. But uh, why don't we sure. go ahead and uh, watch a trailer? But while we're loading up the next trailer, I will ask you this. What kind of director are you, Scott? Are you more of a hands-on director, or are you more of a delegator? Um, I'm hands-on in that I've worked in all the different various aspects of filmmaking from lighting to audio photography um i've done acting as well so i understand what the actors have to go through um but i'm very delegative when i bring somebody on set i've usually worked with them before and they've done exactly what i needed to do on set and they did that that was exactly the case with this film it was all people that i worked with they knew what i was looking for i could put them in a position and know that they would get what i needed them to get and they would do it very efficiently that's exactly what we did um so i, I would say both i'm a i'm a multitasker and uh without being a micromanager <laughs> i think delegating is the best way to go myself personally I'm a, I'm a great believer in it, too. Hey, can we see that trailer?
questions to ask. Let's whip out the old question page here. Uh, well, here's a question for both of you. What was the most fun part of the experience and the worst? Okay. Uh, the, the funnest part was um, the whole ride. The, it's been one amazing roller coaster, uh, the ups and the, the downs and the periods of waiting and the learning and all of a sudden the extreme highs when, we, when we've gotten uh, picked up for distribution, when we've gotten recognized, we went international. I mean, every, there was so many really big points that were exciting that uh, obliterated all the lows. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been a heck of a Disneyland ride, honestly. Um, the the worst point, I would have to say, is um, post. <laughs> uh, Post-production and, and just learning your lessons in that as a, as a producer. Um, basically, this movie was what taught me about post-production. Yeah. And the editing and... and, and basically trying to get it nailed down to exactly what you want without having to go through a lot of, of uh, uh no, uh, try it again, no, yeah. that's not it. Oh, so. the post-productions when the real work begins. <laughs> the real world post-productions. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at that, the trailer. Everybody pay attention now. You're going to love this. And if you like the trailer, go, go see the movie. Since the beginning of man, since the beginning of man's written history, there has not been one year without a war. Yeah, well, we left that one now. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty, everyone. Is uh, I sent you a um, a yeah. trailer, actually, AVI trailer. You have that. Okay. <sighs> Why didn't someone come back in time to warn us about that trailer? <laughs> well, that would be... I guess we don't need to do that. Do we still have Scott online? Yes, we do. Good, Scott. I'm glad you're there. I, just, I have uh, definitely have a few more questions for both you and, and for Jeremiah. Sure. Um, Scott, when did you have to put your foot down and demand that the movie be done a certain way over the objections of the, your team, if at all? Um, I would say Alder and Jeremiah were very, very easy to work with on the executive producer side to the producing side. Um, they're very laid back like me. Um, they weren't hard to work with at all. I, I would, if there was ever a time where I had to put my foot down, I guess it would be when it came to the final edit. I felt like I needed an editor that I could kind of stand over his shoulder and make sure that certain things did get done, um, and the music, and um, some color correcting. I thought I felt like we needed a musician to score the entire thing, front to back, all on their own. And we, I guess, I put my foot down on that. We got it done, and it, it was it was a huge response. I remember when Jeremiah and uh, Alder got the DVD of that new cut. They called me back rejoicing and overjoyed like wow we can't believe what just happened that's a completely new film that's exactly what we wanted yes so that would be it want to work with so it worked out else. for everybody <laughs> good i wouldn't want to work with anybody else on the, on that movie except for scott 
as a director, and, and he was amazing with it. Well, you know, it's always great when the producer and the director get along with each other, and it's really tough when they don't. It helps. <laughs> as, a, uh-huh. as any movie maker would know. I mean, if the director can't get along with one of the actors or actresses, that's not nearly the problem that you would have with a producer. Um, here's, a, here's a question for both of you. Um, if you could go back in time to warn yourself about certain aspects of this movie production, would you? <laughs> Editing? Yes, yes, I probably would. <laughs> the, the it would number, save me some of the gray hair I have right now, I think. Yeah, the number of editing over and over and over and spending money and spending money. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You went through a few editors then, right? We did. Yeah, a few editors. Well, that's, that's, uh, that can't be helped in some cases. You just It takes a while to find the right person that, for the right job. Yeah. It does. And they all brought something to the table, and they all added, ha- added things that I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought of to add to myself. So I give all the editors we had on credit, they all brought something. But I think that's part of what made it a great puzzle piece, that lots of people saw what needed to happen, and... They made it happen. Okay. You want to take another shot at the trailer or just let it go? Okay, we're going to let the trailer go. We're having technical difficulties. Okay, okay. We're, yeah, okay. Well, here's, here's another question. Um, Jeremiah, do you see the possibility for a sequel down the road? Uh, that's funny that you say that because uh, just the other day, um, Alder... Sherwood looked at me and said, uh, "We need to start writing Time Travel Zero Two. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, honestly, we have we have some great ideas for it, and what we want to take it in a, a whole nother kind of direction um, to oh, where it's an actual a actual full-on movie instead of a, a documentary style movie. Um, so it would take place both in 2036 back in 2000 and also in present day now ah. uh, surrounding the characters and, and also the crew of the original Time Travel Zero movie and kind of what they went through and and all that I mean it, it they're all key characters in, in in this happening not just John Titter now it's it's uh, become quite a big uh, ordeal yeah that sounds really really fascinating uh, the one thing I've, I've uh, when you got a movie like this it's uh, it's arguably parts of the movie are somewhat fiction. I mean, uh, you're working with a script and stuff, but you're also talking about a real live person out there uh, who's uh, who you yourself may have mixed feelings about the the veracity in certain ways, but a very interesting person nonetheless. Um, my question for both of you right now is. Uh, if World War Three is avoided in 2012, are you going to take credit or at least partial credit for uh, how this turns out? Yes, Scott Norwood for president in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Jeremiah, vote for you. Jeremiah can't really follow yes. him as vice president. Oh, okay. Good. You guys are going to need a campaign manager. Well, we're going to take a, t- a, t- uh-huh. a crack at that trailer now. So, um, Scott, we're just going to have you go off camera, but we'll still have audio in you, okay? All right. Okay, well, uh, it's uh, let's take another crack at that uh, 
the trailer, I, uh, folks, you, I've... Okay. Do I have time for another quick question? Okay. Uh, well, what do you guys think? Are you guys... Uh, if, if you, you think, would you guys feel happy if we uh, avoided a war in World War Three, or? Of course. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay, now if it does happen, you can say, ha ha, see, I told you. So at least you've got that going for you. I mean, while you're... <laughs> That's true. If, if it does... Then does maybe happen, everybody will buy the DVD, right? Yeah. And if yeah. it doesn't happen, we can still say, ha, he changed the timeline. Yay. And, so, and we helped with the movie. Well, see, you can't lose either way. No. <laughs> So for it would be nice to not have that little World War Three thing happen. That would kind of suck somewhat to have what uh, seven trillion people die all over the planet. Yeah. How many people do we have on this planet right now? Is it seven or eight trillion? I, I keep losing track. I have no idea. <laughs> I keep losing a trillion or or, or so people. Um, Scott mentioned something about the distribution that's going on right now too. Oh yeah. It's worldwide, so everybody around the world will be able to, to see this wonderful movie. Scott, you want to fill them in a little bit on what's going on? Yes, please. I, I can barely hear what Jeremy said. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, Scott, you want to fill them in a little bit on the distribution, where we're at right now with it? Yeah. Are you selling movies in Iran? Um, that was one of the countries on the list that, uh, that the international dis- distributor would hit. And North Korea was on there too. Well, we are um, we're uh, we have a domestic distribution right now through. Um, oh, it's uh, Seminal Films. Seminal. Uh, they're okay. they're uh, a leg off of A One Distribution. Okay. And it's uh, is it House of Film Scott that we're talking with? House of Films? Is it House of Films, Scott? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, they're they're the ones that we're in negotiation with for international distribution right now. Oh, okay. Uh, they did the that like movies like the Gandhi movie and stuff, so okay. uh, very more spiritual based movies, which is exactly what we're trying to hit. And yeah. I think you guys did a really good job of hitting the the spiritual aspects of the movie myself. I was uh when I finished watching the movie, I felt uplifted. You know, I felt like, ah, oh, it's wonderful. It's not, it's the movie uh, is interesting in a lot of uh, many different ways. But the, the spiritual aspect is is underneath there. You can just kind of feel it. It's it's not pushed real hard, which I appreciate. It's just kind of, um, it's part of the, the the inner core of the movie, which makes it feel so good. Uh, I've got the. More questions. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's, please, please bring in the, the, the trailer. Oh, well, okay. So, so we can't have Scott on here while we're doing the trailer? That's fine. Scott, if we're going to do the trailer, it looks like we're going to have to, to cut you off for a while. I will glad, graciously bow out to the beautiful trailer we created. Wondrous joy. Goodbye, Scott. Have a good evening. Thanks for coming on ITV Live Multiversal News. And thank you for being our very first guest on Skype. I rock. Woo! <laughs> 
guy. Here comes I love Scott. your trailer. Downloading a trailer, and while we're doing that, I thought I might want to mention anybody who happens to be time traveling around the year 2009, would you please, please uh, go visit? Um, uh, I would like you to go visit Stephen Hawking on on 62809. He threw a party for time travelers, and nobody showed up. On a come on, John, John Titter, maybe you could probably go help this guy out. He wanted to go see Miss Universe from 2020 or something like that. Go help the guy out. Come on, he's sitting there bored all by himself back in past time, and he has nobody to visit. Uh, I think if you've got a time machine, go visit uh, Stephen Hawking on 62809 at uh, 12 UT time, and uh, go visit the guy. Okay, come on. You ever wonder if uh, John Titter did actually change the timeline? Like, none of this would be happening right now? Uh, well... Do you remember in the movie that he, he yeah. made a point where he said, uh, she said, how do you know it's going to happen? Chris McCarthy asked him that question, and he goes, because I'm here. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a good answer. Yep. Um, well, obviously, this show is influenced by it. If, if he did, in fact, come go back in time... Um, now, I'm not totally sold on him going back in time or, or, or being a time traveler. I think he's a very interesting guy, and I think the idea of time travel uh, is interesting. But like, uh, like John himself said, it, time travel sounds a lot to me like uh, interdimensional travel or uh, uh, alternate universe travel, which I don't do myself, but I do have communications with people from alternate universes, as you've seen for yourself. So uh, I, it's, it, and it's interesting to be kind of like that. In fact, I don't know if you can actually go back in the past unless, of course, you've been back there. Unless there's a connection, um, there would be, well, there's, it's a possibility that if John Titter did go back in time, and, and he did back in the year 2000, then uh, he could not go back there unless he already did. So in other words, if he didn't, if he hadn't have already gone back in time, there would have been a time paradox, and therefore he would have created a new timeline. Mm-hmm. At least that's the, as far as I can tell. That's that would be the way that would work. Uh, no, I don't well, know. They're, I'm no they're still trying to unravel the whole the whole theory of Einstein, like Einstein's theory. And um, oh yeah, honestly, that have you ever had a chance to watch the the movie What the Bleep down the rabbit hole? I'm going to have Good to. Good movie, but I haven't oh seen the second one yet. Oh, my God. It's great. And People honestly, keep telling me to. The, the experiments done in that. I mean, the, 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 they've discovered that they can actually make particles exist in the same time and space over the top of each other without touching each other. So they're, yeah. they are taking up, like, the same time and space. And then they yeah. also have discovered that, that they can split a particle and it's the same particle existing in a different time and space as they affect one the other one reacts just the same oh, as yeah. it was being oh, affected yeah. quantum so they, entanglement oh it's 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 incredible what they've figured out <laughs> and they still are, are trying to scratch they're scratching their heads saying what have we discovered here yeah it's amazing but honestly yeah, um, they're using quantum entanglement for communication yeah and uh, all sorts of uh, nifty things like that in fact plants use quantum entanglement to create photosynthesis that's how they do photosynthesis they've been doing it with quantum entanglement those 
smart little guys, those little plants. The whole universe is created of, of things that we are only theorizing on. Yeah. And we're just, as a race, we're just discovering it slowly. And it's all out there for us to discover. It's beautiful. Okay, we're still downloading that trailer, so uh, we're going to continue talking about that. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of uh, fascinating things about time and space and, and matter itself. They have not figured out, they haven't found gravitons yet. And gravitons are, are uh, what are, are supposedly supposed to... That, well, it's the Higgs boson, isn't it, that uh, creates yeah. matter? Yep. That, that's, and they haven't found one of those yet. You know what's um, fascinating is um, the, the whole... Well, there's a couple, couple points. In, remember in the movie, there's an interview with the scientist, and he, and yeah. he said that uh, as a human race, we are mentally able to evolve and adapt and evolve and adapt yeah. as we move forward. And he said that uh, if, um, if you are to say that time travel isn't possible whatsoever, he's like, that's basically we're saying that we are no longer able to evolve or adapt because 50 years ago the cell phone was just a dream 100 years ago cars were yeah not even thought of where they are now and i mean we have evolved so far and if we were to just yeah. cut off at that point and say well no more well i was i was still wondering it's been the it's year 2000 right now how can we don't have our hover cars yet huh george jessen predicted this Okay, now we got the trailer coming up. Now that's one thing we've been predicting for the show, and it, we've been having trouble with that too. Let's go. Let's whip it out. Awesome. Since the beginning of man's written history, there has not been one year without a war. Millions have died, and if we don't make a change, millions more will. But when, according to John Titter, that time is coming very soon. In November of 2000, someone using the name Time Travel Zero began entering chat rooms claiming to be from the year 2036. He gave insights as to what actions would cause this final nuclear war. Some dismissed him as a hoax. Others began asking him for proof. Then something no one expected happened. Is he right? Well, that's what bothers me. Yeah. He is. Oh my God. He gave them proof. His name, John Titter. Her name, Chris McCarthy. This is one woman's story as she documents her questions and her findings of the truth behind John Titter. You'll be shocked when she gets her answers. That he is telling the truth. Now available on DVD at IndieFlix.com. Time Travel Zero.
Back again, folks. Uh, I want to thank both uh, uh, Mr. Kaner. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank Mr. Norwood for coming on, too. Scott, uh, Jeremiah, it's been a pleasure having you both on the show. Uh, great. Thank you so very much. Uh, well, that's it for the uh, Multiversal News. We'll be back next week for something really exciting. Uh, and I will let you know on Facebook what that is. I'm not going to tell you right now because it's a big 4th of July surprise. It involves, most likely, Team America. But I'll let you more know the details at a different time. Now, that's it for the Multiversal News. Good night, everyone. And may peace be with you. I'm attorney Alexander Ransom. Have you been charged with a DUI or faced any other criminal charges? If you're in trouble with the law, you need a trial attorney who's aggressive, experienced, and effective. Call today for a free consultation, the law offices of Alexander Ransom. I look forward to serving you and getting your criminal charges reduced or dismissed. Call today. The law offices of Alexander Ransom. Call today.
You are the best. You are the best. You're so strong. You're so strong. So much support. Oh. Our systems will rock your world. Precision Improved curb appeal at an appealing price. Whether you want traditional, carriage house, custom wood, or even glass garage doors, we have an option that's right for you. Make the right decision. Call Precision. Problem solved. 303-566-7000.